Welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your masterclass in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So do you guys know each other? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm, I'm Chris. I'm, I'm out here in uh, California. Hi, Chris. Peter and I'm out here in California. Chris, do you know, do you know Peter Danner? Um, I, I've never met you, but I, I do know who you are. So. <laughs> and, I know, and I know you. Ditto. I don't know who you are. Uh, you know who you are, but we haven't met. Yeah. And it, and I, I think the uh, the rest of us are in Ohio. Actually, Jim, you're you're muted. Yeah, I'm I'm Jim McCutcheon. I'm in I'm in Dayton, Ohio. Peter, good to see you. I haven't haven't seen you for years. Well, I haven't seen you for years. So uh, yes, I remember you. How are you doing? Oh, still full speed ahead. Age seventy. Ah, uh, and uh, guitar in hand. I see. Oh yeah, I was just sitting here playing a little bit. <laughs> nice. Well, you're 70. I have you beat. I'm 86. Bravo for you, sir. You give me great hope for my next 16 years. Okay. I'll be an inspiration. Man, I hope I'm going on podcasts when I'm 86, man. That's for sure. For real. (laughs) I hope I'm doing anything when I'm 86. I hope to make it to 86. (laughs) I think. Now, be careful what you say. This is all being recorded and may be used <laughs> against you one day. <laughs> yeah, it's no no holds barred here. So there there will there will be no editing. There will be no uh, no censorship. It's going to be whatever comes out is what we end up with, right? Uh oh. <laughs> I, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be great. So, Gerard, how how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So, I'm actually in Ohio, but I'm I'm from the UK. Live near London, but um. I just happened to be in, in town, really. So close yet so far, Carl. I know. I, sorry it didn't work out for me to, yeah. to be with you, but uh, how's the conference going? Yeah, it's good. I've got my uh, thing tomorrow, so I still have to sort of keep it, uh, keep sober and uh, not go out. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. What, what conference are you at, Gerald? <laughs> it's, it's a minimalist uh, music conference, and uh, I play a lot of uh, Philip Glass and, and things like that on the guitar, so... I'm going to do a lecture recital tomorrow about uh, transcript, transcribing music and uh, how I did it, really. So Nice. Where, where Are you is the only it? guitarist there? there? I'm pretty much the only guitarist here, yeah. Someone did play electric counterpoint yesterday. Oh, um, cool. But um, in terms of the conference, yeah, most people are um, uh, non-guitar players. Yeah, sure. Sorry, Jim, what did you say? Oh, where is it being held? Oh, yeah, um, Bowling Green State University up the road from me yeah all right very cool i lived in ohio for a little bit when i went to oberlin so oh that's right i know ohio pretty well at least uh northern ohio (laughs) yeah it's pretty quiet peter have 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 you spent any time in ohio (laughs) have i spent any time in ohio 
yes, and the last time you talked to me, you asked if I had any Steve Aaron stories, and I could not think of one. <laughs> and right after we got off the air, I thought of it. Uh, this was in Akron when he ran the GFA festival there. I think it was in 1988. Sounds about right, yeah. They were doing construction on the campus at that time, and they had to move some of the venues. Uh, there was a, uh, a special, uh, I think it was an added event. Um, some guitar quartet had um, was going to play the William Foden Guitar Quartet, which I think I had unearthed in uh, St. Louis. And it, it's a pseudo Baroque suite. It has an alamon and a jig, and it's not terribly good in uh, music, it turned out. But they were going to play it, and they wanted me to come hear it. And the menu had to be changed to an uh, auditorium, which was really a gymnasium. And the, the gymnasium was not soundproof. Uh, the sound acoustics were not terribly good. But just as they were going to announce the concert, the uh, marching band started practicing right outside an open door. <laughs> which meant for a sort of a, a sound noise ratio issue. So Steve Aaron rushed out and persuaded the band uh, people to just practice the marching, not the music. And they did move to another field, but just when this concert is starting, out comes the entire marching band on display. That was quite some timing. So it took some, uh, some talking, but uh, Steve managed to uh, get the, uh, the I th yeah, I think if there's band master any, to anybody in the world that could convince a marching band to stop for classical guitar, it would be Steve Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Thomas. What's up, everybody? Hello. Do you know any, everybody here? I know you know Chris. I know Chris. <laughs> I know you. I see a lot of names that I recognize. A lot of faces. Nice to, to be with you all this afternoon. How, how are things in Chicago? I'm I'm in Connecticut. You're in Connecticut. <laughs> why, why do you I think feel you like, in Chicago? I feel like things right? in Chicago are going pretty well these days. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Chicago today? <laughs> You know, I, I read about it in the news. You know, I think I, I, I think it's getting warmer my notes there. More carefully. <laughs> How are things in Alaska with you? Oh, just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Sunny. I'm lying on the beach. It's wonderful. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> See, we've so got that, uh, that background you've got is just a, one of those automatic backgrounds, right? <laughs> yes, it comes with Zoom. It's the it's the automatic <laughs> random Bartolotti collage background. <laughs> you know, I, I did something. I can't remember what it was, but it was some online thing that, that featured featured uh, Bartolotti, and I had that up there to, to kind of do the back backdrop. Um, and I'm just too lazy to have taken it down. I mean, it was probably over a year ago. <laughs> I have a. Question for Peter here. Uh, I didn't know Foden wrote a quartet. Did he write only one, or did he have many? Or that's the only one I know of. Huh. Is that the only quartet from like the American guitar literature from that time? That I can't answer. I think it's the only one that Foden wrote, but okay. uh, I don't know whether there are any others. It, it's a uh, 
you know, it's a respectably composed piece, but it's just uh, terribly derivative and not terribly exciting. Yeah. <laughs> like this a lot perfect. of perfect. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't know of any others from that that uh, era offhand. There, there were a, a lot of ensemble pieces with, uh, uh, you know, mandolin orchestras and that that sort of thing, and they are. No. I think some of those were arranged for uh, for guitars, but there there weren't a lot of guitar quartets floating around in those days. So uh, there's 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 all that uh, quartetto romantico stuff from from the Italians, Colaccia and whatnot, and then there's the, the whole BMG craze. So I'm sorry, I'm I'm so distracted. I apologize. Right next to Chris is the incredible Grammy-winning guitarist Bill Coulter, and I just want to say oh hi, Bill. We see you, man. Yeah, I Bill. see you. There you are. <laughs> incredible sound engineer. Hey, you got to get in here, man. Nice to see everybody. Welcome. Thank you, <laughs> Bill. I have to interview you sometime for the show. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, we should get you on. I'll be in touch. Okay, yeah, send me an email. Happy to. Be fun. Yeah. I, heard, I heard Ben's uh, a while ago. It was just hysterical. Yeah, he talked quite a bit about you. It was it was great. It was uh, you know that that was that was one that I thought I should really really publish the video on that because he's getting up and jumping around and pulling stuff off of shelves and playing the guitar and the whole thing. Yeah. It was it was it was a lot These of fun. These guys are doing okay, huh? I think so. Yeah, they're doing yeah. all right. They're doing good work. If, you know, whether or not they're they're doing well, who knows? But they're doing good work. <laughs> really struggling. Yeah, it's a real struggle. <laughs> So why, why is Bill there? All right, hello again. Yeah, why is Bill there? So I, I teach at UC Santa Cruz and, okay. um, and Bill's been teaching here for oh, um, okay. 20, oh, 20 years I didn't more. Know and and uh, you know, one of the reasons why I really wanted to teach here as well is because Bill is here, because he's oh, cool. one of my favorite musicians and love yeah. playing with him. So you should definitely have Bill on the show. He's I, 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 I a lot of absolutely a lot of stories, I'm sure. So, <laughs> so you play you, you play play in a duo with him? Uh, just faculty recitals and things like that. Oh, okay. And concerts around Santa Cruz. We'll do some, uh, you know, some of his arrangements. We've done some uh, shaker folk tunes. Yeah. Um, some piazzola. Does Thomas some, know? Um, <laughs> I, I, I this is the first out, I'm so hearing about it. I'm really now alarmed. He knows. Now he knows. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He's got my endorsement for what it's worth. He's got my endorsement for what it's worth. Yeah. I, I think that's worth a lot, Peter. Yeah. So um, so how, how has being guest on the Guitar on My Knee podcast changed your lives? I've, uh, I'm rich. I'm playing Carnegie oh, wow. Hall next week because of this. Fantastic. And um, I'm, my hair is growing I'm, back. I'm Grammy next year. So, <laughs> lost weight. It's and, amazing. And do you have any coattails that I can sit on, please? <laughs> that, that's been my career strategy for quite a long time. It's not working out. Hi, Sharon. Hey, Carl. How you doing? I'm good. Congratulations. More California representation here. <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you, too. I, I, do, do you know all these fine people? I'm looking through to see who's here. Um, <laughs> a lot of names I've seen before, but I don't think I've met everyone, anyone on this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nice to meet you, Sharon. Nice to meet you too. Great to meet you, Sharon. You're in California as well? Yeah, in San Francisco. Are you also? Yes, I am. I'm I know in... your name. So are, are you down in South Bay? 
I'm in the South Bay, and today I'm in Santa Cruz. I teach at UC Santa Cruz, but um, every time I, I teach someone um, Mysterious Habitats, I see your name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that the piece is being yeah. disseminated. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm in Palo Alto, so it's this area of California oh, that's, is oh, well that's represented. Right. Wow, how great. All right, so we're well representative here, huh? Yeah, Northern California represent. Yeah, right. <laughs> guys can all get together, play else? Mysterious Barricades. Uh, <laughs> habitats. Your mysterious Habitats. Oh, <laughs> oh I was confused because Mysterious Barricades is the one that's the that camera. I'm thinking of. So yes, hab what is Mysterious Habitats? That's the one that Mysterious Habitats is sort of based on. Ah, I was okay. John Bogdanovich's uh, piece, Mysterious Habitats, hmm. the great piece by Dushan, probably one of his biggest hits. Yeah, and, and lightest textured yeah. <laughs> and most yeah. playable. So. It's, it's Dushan's uh, sunburst. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> so uh, how are things for you, Sharon? What's, what's, what's new? Uh, things are good. Since I talked to you, I ended up uh, starting back to teaching. I got a job at the Community Music Center up here. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I'm keeping busy building a studio there. And actually, adult, um, I'm accompanying these older adult choirs that they have there. They have this really cool program um, where they have uh, combined efforts with UCSF. They, did, they piloted a study to see how singing in a choir on a weekly basis might affect older adults' mental health. Wow, very outcomes. cool. So it's a free program. Uh, yeah. so I, I, go I see there. a five-string banjo back there. Do you also do folk music? I do, yes. That's where I started, so I'm coming back around now to my roots. <laughs> and without shame, good for you. No, I'm proud. I love it. <laughs> so I'm teaching myself claw hammer right now, very slowly, <laughs> which is fine. So, and the gig, gig, gig's coming back for you? Are you getting out yeah, there doing some more playing these days? Slowly, yeah. Got my first sort of house concert group muse coming up in, I think, a week and a half or so. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, in person. So. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> a weird experience it, when, when you're not used to doing it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's very, yeah. very strange. A little so. shaky. Yeah. Yeah. What's everybody oh, else going to do? <laughs> Can I ask you, I was in Connecticut the other day and Wilton, was I anywhere near you? Where? I was up in Connecticut and Thomas said he was, you're living in Connecticut? Yeah, I was in oh, Wilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, you said you were in Wilton? Yeah, is that anywhere near? Did we... You know, it's about it's about 40 minutes away and my oh. daughter, uh, until a few months ago, was taking piano lessons at the Wilton Music Studio there. Oh, no oh, way. So I, me and Wilton are like this, man. I know all about Wilton. <laughs> what, were you, what were you doing up there? Oh, I was just staying with a friend and did a little house concert at his place there. So I just, I've just flown over from the UK to stay for like a week in America. And this an old friend I teach in London now um, works kind of um, in New York and lives in Wilton. So he said, "Come by." So I did. Yeah, oh, I had no well, idea. Well, what did you think of it? Well, his house is pretty amazing, I have to say. Yeah. A lot of money in Wilton. So your friend is rich. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a guitar. He's not a professional guitar player. I was gonna. That was my next question. Yeah. So he's smart too. Okay. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He lent me a lovely Greg Byers guitar to do the concert on, which is really cool. Nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So. so oh, what a shame. Did you, did you travel next. with a guitar, or did? Yeah, I brought my. 
Paco Santiago Marin, but um, um, I'm just fearful of the whole journey because I had to go in the hold. Right. Uh, and it's not my favorite, favorite guitar, which is an Antonio uh, Montero, or in Montero, but I didn't want to risk that one just in case. So sure. I took the Paco Santiago, which is still another amazing instrument, but it's got better insurance on it than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've gotten to the point anymore, like if I can get there in 10 hours, I'm driving, you know, and that's that's part of it. I just don't, I don't yeah, sure. deal with flying with a guitar at all. It's a, become such a pain, you know. I remember when it used to be actually not too bad, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they weren't open to letting me bring it on board like they, yeah. years ago I used to be able to do that, but yeah, not so easy now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I used to, I used to, always used to think, you know, if I had the smallest possible case and I could kind of hide it, you know, yeah, just yeah. right out of sight as I was walking by, make them chase me down the, the jetway to <laughs> to stop me, you know, and they, they, that that was my strategy. It worked, it worked out for for quite a while. <laughs> well, they said they said to me, if you got it in a soft case, we'd let you bring it on board, but it's like I can't. Oh my take, gosh, yes, yeah. I always wondered about that too. I thought I thought that as a strategy might might work out, you know, but then you know. You're also running the risk of having a, a bag full of splinters. Yeah. yeah. Every time I go to the airport, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> I go with that attitude, man. I'm ready. You know, they give me the little pink slip. I put it in my pocket. And I... <laughs> just in case, you know, just in case I have to put it on. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm ready to, every time. And then there's always those people who go uh, after you get your, you know, case up there in the overhead. And there's always somebody who walks on with their luggage and they're like, whose guitar is this? You know, and they're getting all angry. I'm ready to fight them too. I'm just ready to go. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Stay up all night, have a couple drinks, get, you know, get nice and belligerent. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, it's just, I always let them know my guitar is a little bit more valuable than your bag of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> there might be nice clothes, but still. Maybe. But I go to Macy's and get a new guitar. <laughs> I'm old enough to think that if it's an under a 10 hour ride uh, in a car, they should bring back the railroad. That, hey, would, man. <laughs> that would be much uh, more convenient if they budgeted Amtrak to bring back some of those. Uh, so, you know, why fly from Cincinnati to Chicago or from right. Chicago to St. Louis when <laughs> it's probably a shorter ride on the railroad? Right. So, uh, but that's. That's not um, the American way. Realistic. <laughs> yeah, here in California, they try for ten years to get that high-speed rail, and uh, that never it, happened. So it just passed. It just passed another hurdle, however. Oh, they did. Yes, they have. They have funded it now through the Pacheco Pass, so it should huh. probably get to Fresno one of these decades. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather go to LA. <laughs> I figure if they, if they can't get that going on in California, the rest of the country has no hope at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> we don't I have no a trains in the Midwest. <laughs> I have a question for the uh, collected wisdom here. I am, Where's that? I see five of, five of you. I have, a, I have to give a talk on... Um, and I came up with the title. I have to get this this talk to a group of senior citizens. And I came up with, who put the class in classical music, and why is it called that anyway? And I, I know who first used the word term classical guitar. 
uh, not classical guitar, but classical music. It got picked up by uh, the guitar community at some point in the, uh, probably to differentiate it from folk guitar or something like that. I've never been comfortable with that, uh, that phrase, uh, classical guitar. How do you feel about classical and, and how would you uh, define the word classical? What does it encompass? Everything from Gregorian chant to Piazzolla and beyond. So it's, it's not a style, it's not a genre, it's just everything over there in the, the back room that you don't, well, you even plug amplifiers in it. The, the term has lost its, uh, its meaning and I've never been comfortable with it. So kick that around for a while. I, I'm curious what, so you said you, um, you know, when it was first, when the guitar was first referred to as being classical, when, when what's... No, no, that's like when the word classical music was first stuck oh, okay. together. Okay. It, was, it was in 1829. Wow, Vincent, that seems really late. Vincent Novello, who was a, uh, oh. started a publishing house in, in, in London. He was obviously well healed because he uh, he published uh, the first volumes of uh, cathedral music uh, and paid for the uh, the printing himself. And in 1829, he discovered that, uh, had heard that Mozart's sister, Nandrel, um, uh, was uh, not feeling well. She died that, that year and he and his wife took a musical pilgrimage to Vienna to visit um, Mozart's sister and also uh, nephew, um, Mozart's um, son, Franz Xavier. And he refers to it, and I don't have the context. Um, what is the wording? I, I had it written down, ah, I, it's right here. Novello, in, in his travel diaries, um, talks about a place I shall come to every Sunday when I wished to hear classical music correctly and judiciously performed. That's the first time it was put in. And because he was in the music trade, and if you're selling items, you gotta have a name for what you're selling. Right. So uh, the, the bourgeoisie was starting to, uh, to buy music and pianos and things like that. So what, what was he selling them? Well, he was selling them Classy music, you know, it's, it's that it right. has a kind of a snobbish uh, tone to it right there, and of course it refers back to Rome and uh, and uh, uh, Greece, and because he was referring to the period be before him, he was going to go see Mozart's. It's a Mo Mozart's pilgrimage. The entire period uh, with the capital C is. The period of Mozart and Haydn and, and early Beethoven is now the classic era, you know. So uh, that's the big C, and the word got put on absolutely everything. So, um, and classical guitar probably shows up around the time of, I don't know, Segovia, or when they yeah. start when they start selling um, uh, the merchandise of uh, guitar as a business. There was a Facebook thread recently about trying to find out the first instance of classical guitar. And I think it was a, uh, an album, a Segovia album, where it kind of first appeared in the liner notes on that. I think that was the conclusion. Interesting. Welcome, Aaron. Good to see yeah. you. Uh, it's a pleasure to see all of you here. Thank you, Carl, for organizing this party of classical guitar. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's interesting because I just took classical off one of my bios, and um, I, I wonder if that'll do anything because there's nothing that puts people to sleep more than quickly than the the idea of the classical guitar. So. <laughs> Sometimes we find that as, as intended praise from some of our audience members. You know, I play I lullabies. Yeah. <laughs> so people fall asleep, you're doing your job well, I guess. <laughs> I, I hedge my bet. If they fall asleep, I succeed. <laughs> Note to self, play nothing yeah, but lullabies, lullabies from now on. <laughs> and if they stay awake... I've succeeded too. So it's, it's great to see everyone here. It's I don't think kids want to sit quietly and listen politely to music being played. They want to jump and dance around and boogie. Actually, so. I, I played in schools, still do, but I played in schools for years following conservatory through young audiences and not. And 80% of the kids, you're 100% right, Peter. Um, and there are, I remember playing in an inner city school in Boston and I played a Afro-Cuban lullaby, the Brower arrangement. And I, the teacher said I might have 20 minutes and I played that, I think number two or three and all the kids who were having issues, they just stopped. And that's actually what planted the seeds for the new lullaby project. And I had them for 45, 50 minutes. So every, every person is different you know we all have different tunings that we like is in Indian music you know the you tune each raga has its own body part or chakra I think the same can be and it, of course it depends on the player and the moment but there's a place for everything probably it's a lack of exposure to uh, any kind of uh, music other than what they tune you know on Spotify to get uh, these were a little kids. This is before Spotify. I'm, yep. I know I look young, but I am old. The uh, I, I still have students in college who've never seen live music. So I, I, I agree that the guitar is magical for many ways. And I think that the uh, something about vibrations and how that interaction between live performer and audience is so important. So who knows? And sort of the, uh, the guitar has transplanted the piano as the go-to um, instrument of choice now. I think uh, more <laughs> we've finally than... done it. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Jim? I didn't. Hear. I do a lot. I do a lot of work in schools, uh, pre-K through you know college, and um, what I what I find is that the schools that have like some sort of guitar program, even if it's just a real rudimentary part of. Uh, of a elementary school curriculum with ukuleles or maybe they graduate to guitars. If you walk in there and play some classical guitar, because these kids have been exposed to some guitar, they realize what you're doing in a way that, that they, that kind of is exciting for them. Yeah. Kids who've never done it don't get it as well. So do you think the word classical should be uh, removed from the, uh... Before that, I guess it was referred to what is a Spanish guitar or um, just just guitar. Yeah, yeah. Nylon classical is kind of a mindset. Yeah. I mean, I most people don't know the difference between flamenco and flamingo. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I think until our our bigger issue is probably just getting guitar music into schools in general, whether it be classical, baroque. I mean, we're dealing with 
I, I think we're looking at, looking at it from a professional's point of view or connoisseur's point of view, as opposed to the general public. I, I don't think they care. They just want to be entertained and go to the next track if there's even an option and skip the commercials. So Although we're all detail focused people, aren't we? We're like we're used to this minutiae of yeah. expression. So yeah, we don't see the big. Well, I think I think it goes deeper than, than being entertained though too. I think there it, it at the root of something having to do with human experience is is the desire to experience beauty, right? And I think I think we can tap into that, and I, that's the way I, I, I kind of approach that that issue is. And you know, I never I've never played for anybody where they said, oh, you know, I don't like the way that sounds. That's horrible, you know. It, and whether they know classical guitar from a hole in the ground or what, so you, and I, I would I would even extend that to classical music as a whole. I used to teach music appreciation classes. And what I found was that people thought, oh, you, if you asked them like off the bat, hey, do, do you like classical music? People would say no. And then if you say, well, what, what have you heard? Or have you heard this and play something for them? And you know, there's always something that somebody's gonna find beautiful or find interesting, at least in a, in a, in a small way. You know? So I think that's, uh, to to what you were saying, Aaron, in terms of you know they don't know they they're not looking for anything, but I think that's that's in there too, you know, and we I do think, that. I mean, I think that's 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 like that's that's the thing. That's, that's but I I think Peter's hitting on a uh, more marketing, you know, mixing marketing versus the reality of what we do as love and art and gorgeous. I mean classical music is boring, or it's the music for villains, or it's great for movies. <laughs> I mean that, and if I, I play Cage, and even most musicians are like, "Oh my God, John Cage!" Ah! and then they hear it. I mean, it it is exposure, and we spend our whole lives, and we can't even touch a, a very little bit of the amount of music there is out there. I mean, I I follow a lot of you guys, a lot of you. Sharon is, has a huge range of music. It's not what you'd call classical in the sense of eras, but. We all we have to come up with a term, and you know we make the best of it, and hopefully we're not we're exciting, and people go, wow, what is that? Then there's the conversation yeah. where you can say, this is classical or baroque or whatever you want to call it. That's my two cents. I remember the days of Tower Records. They used to put classical in its own room. I think it was partly so the soundtrack was different. And in San Francisco and other places, it got its own building, the classical annex, and uh, they were they were usually playing opera there. Now they would probably be playing uh, John Williams, the other John Williams. Uh, does that count as classical or not? Because it's symphonic, and John Williams is certainly a complete musician. So uh, the composer John Williams. So. Um, I think the term is beginning to lose its its meaning. Oh, it is absolutely. If you go on Spotify, um, every week they have a kind of classical new releases, and probably we wouldn't classify half of those pieces as classical. And that is, that's really merging away into anything that's instrumental. I think really. Uh, I have to go with Jer with Jared. What he just said. I just, uh, my last album had to do the whole ad to Spotify. Classical guitar is not one of the options. Yep. It's acoustic guitar. And if we think of what, yeah, I think it's 1% 
of sales is classical music. And of that 1%, it's like instrumental class uh, or uh, acoustic guitar. So, yeah, that's what's out there. Well, I know that, the, again, back to when I was teaching music appreciation, one of the things that I, I tried to get the students to do was, you know, what makes this music <clears throat> different from other kinds of music that you listen to? You know, and, and there's a there's not much, right? And and so as a really broad definition, we kind of just said, well, you know, it's it's music that has mostly some sort of association with an institution, whether it be, you know, the academic institutions or the church or um, some court, nobility, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that it, similar to other forms of art, it's, it's, it comes from a literary tradition. It's written down um, and, and, and transmitted through, through that means rather than, you know, through oral transmission mostly. So, um, but, you know, other than that, it's, you know, that's it's still a pretty big catch-all. I think with guitar, there's just so many different genres that the guitar can do. And there's electric guitars, then there's, I just don't like, we have to classify it somehow. Cause if, if you tell someone that you're a guitarist, I mean, they're automatically going to probably right. think you're playing, you know, um, pop music. And then especially now, you know, with a lot of these like metal, you know, there's just so many different styles, I think with guitar, which I think is different than any other instrument. I guess with piano, but I mean, I think a jazz pianist still refers to himself as a jazz pianist, um, not just a pianist. Um, mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I think guitar is just one of those rare instruments that it's in incredibly popular since the beginning of, of even the 20th century, you know, with blues guitar and all of that stuff. It's, it's just, um, how do we classify it? I don't know, but it's, I think it's hard just to say, you're a guitarist nowadays. Right because people will just get confused and they'll have a lot of questions for you. If you say classical guitarist or even nylon string guitarist, at least there's like, at least some, you can, they can you kind can of piece together what you do, you know? You can quickly end the conversation if you say you're a classical guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a classical guitarist, leave me alone. <laughs> and then just start filing your nails and looking down. <laughs> Putting on my nail oil. <laughs> I've always liked finger style guitar. I think like that's a good, it, it like very immediately says like, okay, I'm not, you know, Jimmy Page trying to do my like, you know, Zed, Led Zeppelin thing, but like, uh, but even that, because, you know, some blues players play finger style. And, and but even now, like, I don't know, I feel like with just calling yourself a guitarist, like you think of like an incredible heavy metal guitarist like Tosin Abasi, right? He's playing, he's playing like written out compositions. He crosses over. He has an incredible jazz album that you and I listen to, Chris, like from his early days where he's with these other musicians, just like making like this side project. So like he's versatile in all these different ways. He has pieces that he's written that are like very, very heavy metal, but that are very, very like tonal and almost like classical in their form structure. So, I mean, he probably would refer to himself as just a guitarist. And then you have classical guitarists and then like, you know, we're playing pieces by Benjamin Verdery, you know, that have a very folksy background. I just feel like as music goes further and further out, and this is something I've seen um, catching on in a lot of the composers I used to follow on Twitter, that, you know, like these labels are becoming more and more meaningless. If you're actually playing contemporary music, like 
it's not clear that you need to have these distinctions of I'm a classical musician versus any other type of musician because there's so much crossover. You know, like Pulitzer Prize winning classical composers have written pieces that are heavily jazz or hip hop inspired. Sure. So why are we still calling them classical composers then is, is the question. And then a lot of composers I follow, uh, to your point earlier, Carl, the, this idea that classical music is notated, they talk about that now like, well, that's actually an inherent bias because it's like a bias against certain types of music vernacular in the American tradition because a lot of classical music these days doesn't need to be written down. It's electronic music or it's like sampled right. music, which you can't even notate. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to figure out how can we change our admissions process for these doctorates of musical arts so that we can allow people in who come from an electronic music background, you know? Like did Edgar Varese like write out and notate all of his like sampling? I'm not sure that he did uh, in the way that we would normally consider notation. But anyway. Interesting. It's complicated. I like fingerstyle guitarists. Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense what you're saying about people like Tosin, but you know, even though he says someone like that, he says he's a guitarist, he's still playing guitar he, he would refer himself playing guitar in a certain genre of music. Whereas like, if we say we're just a, we're just guitarists, we're still going to say we play classical music on the guitar then, right? It's still kind of like, but I, I get it. You know, it's like, why make ourselves even more niche than we already are by calling ourselves classical guitarists? Like if we just say fingerstyle, maybe we can trick some people into coming to our concerts. Yeah. They'd be like, like oh, oh, I'm going to hear some, some blues. Play some Michael Hedges. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Bach and like, oh, damn. Oh, I'm going to hear some John Denver? Great. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hit them with the Bach. I mean, one of the things Jeff. that I think, you know, classical guitar sort of, you know, we all come from like, being soloists, we branch in and eventually find our way into chamber music and things like that. But I think branding ourselves as solo guitarists already sort of eliminates a number of categories that people might put us into if they just huh. hear guitarists. So you don't have to say what genre you're in, and that gives you a lot of room for crossover. Um, you know, which is there's more there is more and more crossover in within classical composition now. It's, you know, things are opening up so much. Um, but having that as your foundation, I think, can be a way to. Tell people, well, you know, I'm not in a band, you know. <laughs> a question number guitarist. two, yeah. <laughs> Who loves to work with I really like Who also play solo instruments, you know. Yeah. I have to dash. It's been lovely to meet all of you. Sharon, and thank I you. Enjoy the rest of your little party there. I wish I could stay, but I'm going to go <laughs> play steel string with a bunch of older adults now, so. <laughs> Nice. I had a great time. Nice meeting thanks you. for dropping nice in, and thanks, thanks for being a guest and all of oh, that. It's been a real pleasure, and congrats on a full year of these. It's been an amazing. I, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Nice to meet you I'm amazed that I've been able to do anything consistently every week for a year. <laughs> like, yeah. I, kudos, I, kudos. <laughs> that's not like me. <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Sharon. Right. Nice, nice to meet you on screen. Yes, likewise. Maybe in person one of these days. So, Jeff, do you know, know these fine people here in the room? Uh, not personally. I recognize a lot of the names and faces, however, but uh, I don't think I've ever met anyone um, officially. Well, here they are. Oh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and, um, hey, Jeff. The, the early part of the conversation, we, we, there, was, there was a lot of talk about geography, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a strong Ohio presence it, here today, um, and, and Jeff is, is part of that all, all, also, although he's in, in Colorado currently. Yeah, I've been Where in uh, Colorado. Uh, currently in Fort Collins. Mm -hmm. So about an hour north of Denver. I've been here for about five years. It's been awesome. What do you do there? Um, I teach guitar at Colorado State University. 
So they just started a guitar program uh, four years ago. So I do that, and I also am involved in their music therapy program. So it's been awesome. Great place to be. You're, the composer uh, Annika Sokolowski is there, right? In Fort Collins? Or is she at a different, I know she's in Colorado. Yeah, I, I don't think she's up here. Okay. Yep. Boulder, perhaps? That sounds, that sounds correct. Yeah, CU Boulder. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I went to, I, I met Carl 30 some years ago. We were students at Cleveland Institute of Music together. Seems like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what, what day you, you, you're referring to. <laughs> some days it feels like an eternity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're in the midst of uh, the, our very last day of school today. So I'm on a little oh. bit of a break. So this well, is, uh, thanks this for, is the nice thanks for dropping in. From <laughs> Are you in the middle of juries? Final exam. Yeah. 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 Watching kids sweat. Yeah. <laughs> so. How has the uh, pandemic affected your program? Well, uh, I think in general, in Colorado State, surprisingly, the music program has hasn't really had much of a, a, a an effect from from COVID. Um, our numbers are quite high. Um, we had a surprisingly huge amount of auditions this past year. So next next fall is going to be very strong. So um, it was interesting, you know, for guitarists and string and piano faculty last year when we started going face to face. We were allowed to be masked and be 10 feet apart. But for example, my wife is the flute professor and boy, they had it rough. The winds mm. and, and brass and voice faculty. And then last fall, we were, they were able to, to teach outside, but then we had these crazy uh, wildfires. Mm. And for about four weeks, it was raining ash every day and it was dark and, and it was just the worst. It was so depressing because you couldn't do anything at that point. So during COVID and during quarantine, it, it was, we had some rough patches, but right now things are pretty much back to normal. Huh. Yeah. It's funny, you know, the, when you consider a career in teaching music, you don't ever consider that uh, fire is, a, is an right. occupational hazard. And I'll tell you now, like this, even this year, we've had an extremely windy spring. And man, when you have those high winds and dry conditions, you're just yeah. looking at the news seeing, okay, where's the next fire? And it's not in the mountains anymore. It could be in your, oh, wow. in your neighborhood. So we've, we've had entire neighborhoods in Boulder and stuff just burnt down to nothing. Wow. So it's been scary, but it's still a beautiful place. I mean, today it's 80 degrees, sunny and perfect. So, <laughs> yeah, Carl, do you remember a guy from CIM, Rich Carl? Yes. He just he left my house about an hour ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What is he doing now? He's in Chicago. Uh, he's a sound designer and composer for Warner Brothers. He does video games. Oh my gosh, fantastic. Yeah. So, so wow. today is like a huge flashback for me. I guess That's amazing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, meet, I meet a bunch of new friends. So this is wonderful. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So so... Where, where's everybody here uh, located? Where are you guys from? Palo Alto, California. Okay. Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, all right. Out near New Haven, Connecticut. 
Nice. Beautiful. I'm from the UK, but I'm just I'm in Ohio at a conference at the moment. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area as well. Nice. So. Great. Yeah, I'm, we had our uh, wildfire season two years ago. I'm sure Peter remembers the the day of the orange sky. Um, that, couple was, of summers uh, that was really scary. I had to go out into it. I was having a hearing test that day. So uh, I was at the clinic and it was the orange sky. It was really strange. Yeah, I have photos from our, that time here and people look at it and think I doctored them up and I'm like, no, yeah. that's that's my looking out my front window because the sky was black and orange and it, that would be like noon. Wow. You know, so. Yeah, they barely saved uh, UC Santa Cruz, which is where I'm calling him from really? today. Oh, barely wow. Barely saved it. They made a perimeter and firefighters were just basically like on the perimeter of campus fighting the fire off and it didn't hit the wow. campus. Wow. Was crazy. My, uh, so there was um, a real chance it could have gone just gone up in flames. Yeah, I mean, it was out of control up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. It was absolutely like out of control. I knew <laughs> several people who lost their houses. Oh my god, it gosh. was crazy. My son lives in Santa Cruz, and he was afraid they were going to have to evacuate. Lives on the west side, and uh, that was really quite a scare. Very close. Yeah, came down back of Davenport, and uh, I don't, I don't have any details. But it was, uh, he was. They didn't have to evacuate, but it's, they could see the flames. Yeah, incredible. Well, it's raining here in Ohio as it does for most of April. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're in the second year of a drought here. So send some of the west. I'll be well, right there. <laughs> I'll bring a sponge. <laughs> make you to make everyone feel better. My my friend who was just visiting, he lives in Chicago, and his wife texted him and said that on the news today they said in the last forty four days in Chicago there's been one day of sun, sunshine. Yeah. That sounds 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 like Columbus too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. I know. <laughs> well, Carl, uh, congratulations on this. This is really hey, a great. Thanks, man. I enjoy listening to all your uh, your broadcasts and. Uh, it's, it's been a blast, and it's funny because yeah. um, just yesterday, uh, Bill Cannon guys emailed me. He's mm -hmm. going to be. He's got family in Cincinnati. And uh, he's going to be there next week, and but he's he's driving up to Cleveland to do a class on the thirteenth. Right. So he's going to stop by, and I'm going to do the first ever live in person, sitting in the same room as a another human being podcast nice. episode. So that'll, that'll oh, be that's, fun. I think that's great. I think he'll be easy to interview. Yeah, <laughs> too bad he's not funny or, you know. <laughs> Yeah. No, that'll be a great interview. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. It's been great. And, and, you know, getting to meet all, all the people that I didn't know and, and that kind of thing. It's been, right. it's, been it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So, so the real question you, for Carl is, uh, who's been your favorite guest? Just kidding. Man. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. You know, everybody's special five, in their own way. But I have to say, Thomas, Thomas is, has been, it was my favorite guest because he, <laughs> he made me squirm more than, than any other guest has ever done before. So, and I appreciate that. So. All that race talk. <laughs> <laughs> have you no, been thinking was, about how you're going to up the ante for next season? 
Well, you know, one of the things that I've, I've, I've thought about doing is maybe not doing it every week. Um, when I started it, Andrew, hi. Um, when I started it, the, the, I knew that uh, I needed to get a bunch of them done first you know, in advance before I released the first one. So I actually recorded the first 12 before I released the first episode. And then as the year went over it, like, you know, the queue started getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And now I'm like, at, w at one point I was only one week out, you know, and that was kind of, kind of like stress inducing. I'm not, not, I mean, the world wouldn't end if there was not a Guitar Manny podcast every week, but you know, just in your head, how you, you plan these things. Um, so I, I don't know, I was, I was thinking about maybe, maybe not doing a weekly or just, you know, just kind of letting it go, um, you know, as I'm able to schedule people and, and, and do it that way, but just more random, you know, I, I don't know. So there was that, I thought about maybe coming up with some more codified way of, of approaching it, um, you know, five, ask people the same five questions or something like that, something, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. One of the things that I think has been really cool and, and that a number of people have remarked about is that the, the casual approach has been, has been refreshing and something kind of different. And, and sometimes it, uh, it leads to what I think is, is a, a special kind of honesty that, that I don't know that would have been accessible if there was more of an agenda, you know, so. Yeah. I host a radio program here in, in Ohio and it amazes me at how many how many guitarists there are in the world. It's crazy. Uh, and I, I have like probably twenty four hundred <laughs> classical guitar CDs in my basement, and a very understanding wife. And um, and it just amazes me how many people are out all. there. That's most the of them, most of them speak English. Yeah. Most of them speak English. So there are a lot of people out there that you know would be potential. Uh, guests for your program. Yeah, I, yeah, I've had, I haven't had any problems like finding finding people to, to interview. Scheduling has been challenging, you know, finding because we're all busy and finding time times when I'm available where other people are available. You know, that's that's been a challenge, but not not insurmountable certainly. So, Andrew, how are you? I'm okay. I'm very very busy. It's like the you know the Good. I guess the sort of quasi close of the pandemic as made things nuts <laughs> it's a, it's good to be busy right yeah 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 that's what i think i don't know yeah we're gonna have two new albums and stuff so i i really like the casual approach that you had on the show i think it would be cool if you if you if you had people answer five questions as well which you posted like maybe over you know over email or something yeah. and then you posted them but the casual yeah. approach it was really fun just sitting down and talking because it's been such a long time before we talked since we talked yeah, yeah. right uh, it was really. I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's been it's been great. And the other thing that's happened, which is is kind of funny, is you know I tell people generally, hey, you know, there's there's no time limit on it, right? You know, most of the episodes end up being about an hour and a half. Some have been longer, some have been shorter. And you know, there's been a couple cases where people have told me I have to go in an hour. That's fine, whatever. And that's cool to have have, have the freedom to do that. But everybody always responds, so 90 minutes, what are we going to talk about? And it's never been a problem. Not once has, has it ever been a problem to, to fill that kind of time. And I think, yeah, you just let people talk and, and off they go. You know, ask a couple questions here and there. And, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, people, people, people like telling their stories if you just yeah. sort of guide it a little bit, right? And people like to hear it, too. Yeah. And I, we I all got stories. 
we everybody's got stories. That's right. And and you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this to several people, and I don't I don't know um, if if everybody's heard this, but when the idea to do the podcast came up, you know, and just brainstorming, coming up with ideas, I thought I thought about all the times that like. You know, you go out for a beer after after a concert or, you know, go to class and, and sit around a table with a bunch of other guitarists that you've never met for lunch, you know, in the conversations. And I thought about over the years, all the times that, that, that I've done that and, and the wealth of knowledge that I've gained from that and, then the, and the really cool insights to people and, and their thoughts that I've, I've gotten through that, through that experience. And I thought that's that's what I want want the podcast to be let's let's do that so it's after that second beer that's when the stories start coming up <laughs> yeah, and that's that's when you start forgetting right stories. <laughs> I mean, you're you're actually making a nice um recorded history here yeah of, of all the things that i don't know about you guys but i forget a lot so <laughs> yeah I haven't I haven't yet had the experience of some two different guests telling the same story. I know it's going to happen, but I, I, I you know, <laughs> there was that. That's one a really time. you could almost make an episode of that, like something that you were a part of, right? You have two different people oh, who were two different people who were there, and you have to take them separately telling the story. Well, actually, you know, actually, I guess it did happen with Antigone because I I could have swore that I met her in Buffalo. And it wasn't her. <laughs> she wasn't there. And like, and it was like right out of the gate at the beginning of the episode. And I just shoved my foot way into my mouth and, and you know, told the story about meeting her. And she was like, that wasn't me. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's been great. I really, I, I like your podcast. I like that, um, that you do have that consistency of of the weekly podcast. I don't uh -oh. know much about. I mean, no, I mean, I don't think it has to be every week or anything. But I think that I don't know anything about making podcasts. But I drive a lot, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I love knowing that even if it's every other week, that you know that there's going to be a specific day that okay. you know the podcast is going to drop. You know, because yeah. especially like for commuting, it's like all right. Sure. For example, like Thursday, it's Thursday. Let's see what Carl has on, you know. Huh, <laughs> well, you yeah, know, I'm not a, I'm not a big podcast listener myself. I, I have a few that I, I follow very randomly, but you know, not in any kind of dedicated fashion. But I I would suspect that uh, people who listen to podcasts regularly are probably very much like that, Chris. I, I think that's yeah. probably something for me to keep. We could do what sure. they did on old network TV, take a summer holiday. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're, uh, okay, well, we'll be back in the fall with a new sponsor. So, that's actually a good idea. Then you can gather up all your guests, do those interviews, and then have yeah. them ready to go for the whole season. That's an interesting idea. Sure. Yeah. I know some podcasts I mean, actually do seasons. You know, there's some uh, right more of like uh, I forgot which one, but a couple of like crime ones, things like that. But they do the season, so they right. can prepare the whole thing and just drop them every week. Yeah. Yeah. That's an that's an idea. The other the other thing that came up recently. Um, you know, I, I have I have a, an assistant that that I use to bounce a lot of ideas off of, and 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 he helps me with some of like my administrative stuff. Um, and one of his suggestions recently, when when things got kind of lean in terms of episodes in the queue, um, he said, "Well, you know, you, you don't necessarily need a guest either. You can you can just you know pick a topic and share some thoughts, and you know make a five minute." podcast episode and, and use that you know and he so he he had suggested that and he also had suggested 
um, doing like um, basically kind of I don't know like wrap ups or reviews of events that I go to. Um, I was I was in Boone, North Carolina for for Doug James thing a couple weeks ago, and he said you should do like hey this is what happened there you know and and, and make that an episode. So you know those are those are some other ideas. Um, That'd be that, entertaining. Uh, that are yeah. In there. Yeah. Yeah, all right, everybody. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you all. I, I have to get going. I have a student coming. You all can watch for the next hour me punish my students, but oh, I don't please, think... please leave the camera on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think uh, you all want to see it. But it's great um, meeting all of you over Zoom, and uh, you know, hopefully, see some of you in person. Um, so yeah, and thank you, Carl. Congrats on a year. It's been a pleasure being on your podcast and listening. Yeah, we'll get you back hope. for sure. Absolutely. And if I don't so hear it every Thursday, guy, we don't need him. So most of the time, you're always to your student. <laughs> All right. See you, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye. -bye. Make sure the student pays <laughs> <laughs> and practices. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> How do you manage that one? <laughs> so, so Andrew, what's what's new for you? What's 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 going on recently? Oh, uh, getting doing surprise gigs. I'm doing uh, I'm doing an album of um, a solo album, which I oh, cool. have to record in one month, and then Excellent. after I'm gonna. So that's gonna have like uh, Vasco Martins, uh, Cape Verdean music. Uh, the piece that was dedicated to me by Roddy Elias uh, from Ottawa, um, probably some Maria Linneman, and then this is this Iranian composer I've been collaborating with, Payman Fikarian. Yeah, and I record some of his music as well. Did you did um, you did you just recently complete another one of the, your hundred days of practice? Yeah, yeah, I finished it a couple yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that that's so cool. You did two of those, right? Yeah, yeah, it was cool, and I got a bunch of people just sent me pieces, and I learned them that day and recorded them. So that it was is really so really cool. fun. Really fun. What, what an awesome thing. Yeah. I noticed that for this time around that it was, all, yeah, a lot, lot more. 100 of that days of practice. practice. That sounds interesting. Let's tell more. 100 yeah. days of practice? What's that consist of? Well, I, I think the rules I had made were that it has to be at least one hour a day. I have to make a, I have to make a video mostly of complete pieces every day. Mm -hmm. So it was like a lot of them, a lot of them, like I got this Iranian composer was just sending me pieces, piece after piece after piece. And I eventually felt like, okay, I, I got to take a break on doing this stuff. So it was a lot. Um, so it's 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 you know one piece or one movement sort of thing of something. It was a discipline you set yourself. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, like if you if you're busy all day, it's like it's like 11 p or 11 to 12 p 12 a.m. And you're like, okay, got to do this, you know. And you have to and producing keep, keep keeping up producing a quality product, at, you know, every time and trying to make music of uh, professional quality every day was, right. was challenging, you know, even, even though some of them were, a lot of them were really, really short, it was still, still getting like, you know, getting takes with no, without, without really any flaws or, and, uh, and musical, it was uh, it's definitely challenging. So it's good, good stuff. Tiring though, in the end. Yeah. Were, were you, the pieces that you played every day for the, the videos were, what, how am I trying to say this are, did you, did you learn and, and learn those pieces? during the practice for that day and then record them yeah or were they... yeah okay. and some, sometimes yeah. i sometimes i'd learn them in like half an hour and then record them. amazing but, amazing but that, so i got faster at it actually throughout it right yeah. like i got better at, at, at just focusing in and just and just doing it so i mean it was that it wasn't sight reading but it was re, it was reading right. for all those ones and it was you know wow. some of them i mean most of them turned out pretty well i think you know that's that's pretty gutsy i think yeah it's good it was good you know like it's, it's the kind of thing like 
you know, you see, uh, you see, you hear about, you hear about people doing that, you know, when you're coming up as a student and stuff and you go, wow, you know, and then, and then, uh, and then you just, once you start really pressuring, putting some pressure on yourself to do it and, and it's, it's really, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it gives you some optimism on, uh, on, on, on the whole process. Yeah. Have you asked and your students to do that? I don't have any students who would be capable of doing that. <laughs> I mean, even with, even with simple studies. Um, well, it's hard. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not training professional guitarists, right? So the the chances of getting any of them to do that are, you know, like on, on the occasion that I next time I am training somebody who's who's, who's going to be a professional guitarist, I do occasionally do. I probably I might I might do that, but it's it's in some respects it's to the expense of uh, you know it's at the expense of of doing like you know learning like a whole box suite or something, right? Because you you know you have to like like putting in this time to do this microcosm of work every day is is it takes something out of you, you know, it takes, it takes some of your energy. So mm -hmm. sometimes you want to, you want to work on like a bigger, a bigger, a bigger thing, you know, and, 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 and you might not get it that day to the point where you want to record it and show everybody. Right. So it's, it's, it, I, I mean, there's certain types of people I would, I would think it's a good idea for and certain types, maybe not, you know, mm -hmm. tell, tell me your last name, Andrew. I'm sorry. I don't know. Ma, you. M -A -H. Say again. Ma it's M A H. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a it's a interesting interesting challenge, and I think you know the, the rewards from from that, you know, in terms of confidence building, and like you said, you know, like really feeling like, hey, I you know, this is I, I I accomplished something here, and then for me, like when you did it the first time, I thought, wow, like you have a hundred videos now. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's like. Wow, that's that's great. <laughs> that's now a, I have that's probably a, that's probably have about, almost three hundred now. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's tremendous. Did you think yourself a better guitarist when you finished that? Uh, uh, yeah, certainly in some respects. I think I think the the I mean, I got really good at doing that thing, you know. But I think in the in the longer look, looking at music and making quick decisions on it, and uh, and and trying to and basically being able to being able to do it without any, without too many blemishes. Uh, quickly, you know, I got, I definitely got better at that. And I think over the longer term, like, you know, like I'm 50 years old now, right? So my hands are starting to get a little bit, you know, they get a little Tin Man like, right? So it really helped that whole process. It helped my, help the physicality. Of, yeah, it helped the physicality of playing a lot. Uh, it's just keeping like really, really active and making sure I did daily practice every single day. But it was very, very tiring as well. So you know, I think if I do it, if I, I'm going to do it again, you know, I might even try 300 days next time. Oh my gosh. But, uh, I, I think, I think I'm, it, it's going to be a thing where I'm going to have to have some type of rest day. Like, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how exactly I do it. Maybe I would do it for six days a week or something. Take one day off. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do 300 or a thousand or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say, okay, well I have to have a day off in there somewhere and I'll have to get my oh my all my album recordings done be first you know so that wouldn't be when be until I've done the, I'm working on a, a CD of uh, of Turloff O'Carolyn's music so that's mm -hmm. kind of that's kind of fun that's gonna, it's with a harp oh cool yeah it's with a Celtic harp and it's it's really it's sound we, I did we did a first session recording session yeah yesterday uh, man it was just so pretty it's so pretty it's it's a little yeah. bit it doesn't have a lot of different colors but the color that comes out is just it's uh, yeah celestial Really beautiful. Very cool. And how Very about you? Cool. What are you up to, Carl? Um. Wow. Uh. Gee. 
<laughs> I just had a really, really surprisingly busy month, and, and it was it was the kind of thing that it just kind of all hit it at once. Um, and I, I had like I had exactly one kind of day off in in April, and and uh, and I say kind of day off because I, I I taught some lessons, and there was something else in there too. But I, I had I had at least an hour where I could relax. So, <laughs> but I did. I just got back from from Virginia. Went to visit family and play some play some Irish music down there last last weekend. That was that was fun. Um, I had a flamenco show last last Monday. There's a local Spanish restaurant that that hosts us a couple times a year um, for a big. You, you have a, you, what kind of group is that you play with the flamenco? Um, it's it's a tr traditional flamenco group. Um, and about I don't know seven eight years ago. I got contacted by this this dancer um, to play for for classes basically, and I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity to kind of get in there and, and learn something about this. And I've always had kind of an interest in it, but I never really was able to, to pursue it or whatnot. Um, and it started out just you know going and playing basic compas for for dances that she was doing in class, which, which is excellent training, you know, wow. um, for that. And I, and, and I don't I don't. I'm not, I'm not a very good flamenco player, <laughs> you know, it's like I, PB, I've been in situations with real flamenco guitarists and, and like, I was, yeah, I'm not like that. That's okay. But I, you know, I, I, I think. Carl, that, I, Carl, I noticed on your invite that you have a, um, a number for a dog walking service. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, so who takes care of your dogs when you're out of town? Well, you know, I, I can set my own schedule. So um, when when I'm not available to watch people's dogs, then I just block that time off and, and tell people I can't watch their dogs. It's great. <laughs> you know Eric Swanson, Carl, in Eric Florida? Eric Swanson. Yeah. The, the name's Eric, familiar. Eric yeah. does the same thing. Oh, really? He's a great player. Why do, why do I know who that is? Who, who is that? I don't know. You might have, you might have met him at GFA or something. I, I, I went to school with Eric. I went to school really? with Eric here in Denver at the University of Denver. We studied with Ricardo Isnaola together. Okay. Really? Might, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen him in forever. We keep in touch. We keep awesome. in touch. And how, how do you know him? I met him. I think we roomed together once at GFA. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then rings a bell. I've, I've run into him some, somewhere along the line. Yeah. No. I, can't, I can't place him, but... Uh, yeah, I think he's down like Miami or someplace. Like, yeah, Miami, because when we went to my, we had GFA in Miami. I got to have dinner oh, with him. And that, there's twice, as I recall. Is that Miami '92? That's that's the one that I remember. No, it was it was more recent than that. Okay, cool. Wasn't was GFA first, in okay. Miami? Yeah, like two, three years ago, four years ago. Pre prehistoric times, pre COVID. Yes. <laughs> In the before history, times. not prehistoric. <laughs> well, it is sort of pre history of some kind. Twentieth um, century. Yes. In the, In the last men. century, yeah. I <laughs> apologize. It has been going to shit. It has <laughs> been great hanging with all of you. I've got to bounce to get ready for a lesson, but have fun and congratulations, Carl. You are the best. Thanks. Thank you, Thomas. Good to Bye see you. Pleasure Bye meeting Thomas. you, Thomas. Bye now. So Jeff, did you meet up with Jonathan Leithwood then in Denver? Do you know him? Yeah. In yeah. fact, uh, I was just finishing my my graduate studies when Ricardo brought Jonathan in for his uh, American debut. Oh. Uh, which wow. was a very memorable concert. It it was 
unlike anything I'd ever seen. Yeah, the best Chacon I've ever seen was Jonathan in a concert live, yeah. Yeah, he came out. I remember this concert. The first half was a lute suite and a piece by Ohana. With the two guitar, did he have his two guitar thing he did yeah. as well? And then the second half was another lute suite and a Stephen Goss piece. So it's yeah. just like Bach and contemporary. Yeah. He came out, he had a this fancy rug on the stage and he came out with no just shoes. Pair of, he had, yeah, no shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he sat down and like meditated. Yeah. For a very long time. And everyone was kind of like, what the hell is this? <laughs> then when he played, when he started the Bach, it was a magical moment. It was really amazing. And uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a friend of mine. I know, I know him very well and he's been out here ever since. So he, yeah, yeah, he, was he came. playing sitting on the floor as well? Like on a little cushion or something? He wasn't when I, when I okay. saw him. Okay, I've, I've heard, heard, heard tale of that. Yeah, and then, you know, well, Ricardo yeah. was giving me the whole you know, all the, all the mythological stories about him and his capabilities. And, but to witness that firsthand for the first yeah. time, to see him just play in a, a, like a piano piece. I was working on, I'll tell you a funny story. I just got to know him and we were at a party and I was trying to arrange a Brahms intermezzo for, for solo, solo guitar. guitar. Yeah. Brand and I had a lot of it done, but I hadn't finished it. And I played a little bit at this party and he just looked at me and he's like, may I? <laughs> and he grabbed my guitar and he played it beautifully, uh, beautifully. And um, I was like, wow, you know, would it be okay if I, if I saw your transcription? And he, he just said, I'm just recalling the score. Oh my. And yeah. I was like, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that guitar back. Uh, but I, I've seen him do crazy things like that, like just sight read piano scores. Wow. He'll recall full orchestral scores in his head and like reduce it and play it great. And yeah, you ask him to play the Chaconne and he'll answer which key do you want it in. I, nice. I saw him do um, a master class for a student and she played the uh, Prelude to the Fourth Lute Suite. And he grabbed his guitar to demonstrate something and realized he was tuned to D. Instead of tuning, he just played the damn thing in D, like perfectly. <laughs> it's wow. it's really bizarre, but he's a sweet guy. He's so nice, and you know he's one of those guys that after a concert and he has a a, a few beverages, it's like then you see the real <laughs> Jonathan, and he's cordial and fun and just one yeah. of the guys. It's great. <laughs> that was that was an, that was another potential idea that probably is a really bad one was to. Uh, incorporate out the consumption of alcohol in the in the the podcast just, well, just actually, for, for that very reason i think so, it's a wonderful idea actually excellent and then I after mean... the after the consumption of alcohol that's when you hit them with the five questions yeah it's a little bit like that hot wings that hot wings show where they give celebrity, <laughs> make celebrities eat the hot wings yes that would be perfect britain ramsey was the best oh my gosh he was so pissed off carl actually i need to get back to juries Okay, well, enjoy uh, those. I'm sitting here thinking, man, I should just log back on and scare the hell, hell out of these students and say, hey, play, play that next piece for this panel of great yeah, players. There we go. Yeah. Masterball, six, uh, six you know, masters. I, 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 haven't, I haven't sat through juries in a couple of years. I kind of missed it. So, you know. Yeah, I always I'm just game. try to get them to be at ease and, <laughs> and relax. But, man, it's, it's hard to watch students get so worked up, you know. So. Yeah. Tell them to automatically transcribe it to D. 
or more challenging B flat. Yeah, can you now play it in a minor key? No. B sharp minor. Right. <laughs> anyway, great to meet you guys. This was really fun, even though I couldn't be on this very long. And great to see you again, Carl. Yeah, you too, Jeff. Good luck, man. Keep in touch. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. All right, enjoy your day. See you, Ryan. Ah, then they were fine. There we go. <laughs> yeah, they, there, there, were, there were a couple people that said they, they would be popping in later, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I, Aaron, Aaron, I wonder if he's, he's teaching a lesson now or <laughs> he's, he's still still with us, but not not present. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to be signing off here in another 10 minutes or so, so um, tell me while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us, Peter. It's, it's, it's good to see you again. My, my pleasure. I'm going to hang on here for a, a little bit. Did, were you able to listen to Alice's uh, episode? Yes, I, I heard the whole thing. Yes. That was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. That was a whole lot of fun. What a character. Uh, yes, yeah, she, can, she can talk. She's, mm -hmm. a, um, she's a, a, a vocal person. I've, I've always uh, gotten on well with Alice. And I have, to, I have to say, yes. Yeah, yeah. She's the definitely. I've definitely had some interactions with her. She's my dad used to tell me about her because my dad was secretary of the Guitar Society in Ottawa, so he he brought her here in the in the seventies, and he talked about her for years after. It was, it was yeah. kind of funny. One of those people I might describe as a force of nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and Peter, I have to tell you that uh, I. I I tried to leverage both your influence and, and Alice's influence to um, again try to get Claire to speak with me. Um, I think she's I think she's just relaxing. I think she's just you know she she worked so hard for so long. She's just just taking a taking a chill now. So I tell you, she's still a, another woman of words. Yes, <laughs> I've seen those two uh, interact at uh, GFA board <laughs> meetings for a number of years and. Uh, it was usually what wind up having the meeting at a restaurant afterwards. They kicked us out of the room. <laughs> I was going to say, there's, the there's, a, there's a guarantee that whatever was scheduled after that was going to be about an hour late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jim, have you seen Claire since she retired at all? I haven't. I've, uh, I send her an email every now and then and, yeah. and, and, tell her how much I appreciate the things she did for me, even though I was yeah. never technically her student at Cincinnati. Sure. She's still remember, living in the Cincinnati? She's still living in the Cincinnati area? She is, as far as I know, she's still in the same place and everything, yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember the, uh, what was the, was it an MTNA national finals that you and Claire and I, Carl, oh, uh, wow, judged yeah. together? That oh, was an interesting experience. Oh, oh remind me, remind me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's was, going way back. Yeah, and I was yeah. so young, you know. <laughs> like yeah. I, it was very really fun. The first time I ever done judges. anything like that. Yeah. I think it was MTNA, wasn't it, Carl? It was one of yeah. those because I, I know I've, I've, I've judged a couple different ones with you, and the MTNA is one of them. Um, but yeah. yeah, that I don't I don't remember. You was, uh, it, was, was it, it was Claire and Carl and I, and uh, and it was a very interesting group of finalists because the one guy was a tremendous player but i think he'd run his nails through a blender before <laughs> the concert and it was just not pleasant 
That's oh. he, was, he, he was an incredible player. Poor and bastard. He was very good. He played the Brower Concerto, I remember. And oh my gosh, yeah, wow. And um, and then there there was another the, the other the other contender. It was going to be one of the other uh, played a Rodrigo or something, and and it wasn't stellar, but at least it 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 made you feel good. Yeah. And 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 I remember. The, the rule was the judges were not allowed to speak to, to one another about anything right. during the competition. We just weren't allowed to <laughs> collaborate or anything. And I just, I always remember Claire saying, you know, the, the playing was done and we turned in our stuff and then we, our, our results, our, our, at least our submissions. And, and Claire said, um, well, it's obvious who was the best guitarist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, uh, yes, it well, was. <laughs> Carl and I were on one side and Claire was on the other. But, but it just illustrated to me, you know, how whenever you do those kinds of things, yeah. it's there's there's a whole lot of just personal. You can be you can be really objective, but it, yeah, it kind of comes can. down to your personal, <laughs> you know, preferences and right. and. Uh, it's remarkable I mean, how subjective it is. Absolutely remarkable. Yeah, it's you, you know you spend your your whole life creating art and thinking about it, what's beautiful and and you just everybody comes up with their own with their own rubric and uh, it just it just kind of gives me you know some sort of understanding of the situation. I mean, you go up for grants or you submit. You're, your right. composition for this or that competition or uh, thing. And, and, you know, sometimes you hit a home run and sometimes you strike out. It's just, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a statement of your, of, of your, the value of your work as much as it's a statement of the people who listened. Yeah. I was, I was, I was on the, the, the selection committee one year for the Ohio Arts Presenters Network for the, the showcase selections. And it was, they had some pretty well-defined criteria about, you know, these are the things that were to be evaluating. And even, even with that, which I thought was, was pretty, you know, it was at least an attempt to be somewhat objective. You know, one of the things about the, the process that really surprised me was just how, again, how subjective it got, even with all that stuff in place. And I was like, wow, wait, hold on a second here. This is, you know, and, but I think, I think all of those those kinds of experiences tend to run that way. And it's like, the question for me comes up too, is like, can you, can you kind of like average that out by having a, more judges, right? If you, if you have, if you have eight or 10 judges, is that a different situation from having two or three? Is it more subjective, less subjective? Just do those things kind of get evened out? Um, and I've been in experiences too, where I've kind of felt, torn I, like similar to what you're saying about the the mtna thing jim was, was I, I felt torn because yeah like this person might actually be a better player in certain regards but i enjoyed this person's playing a whole lot more and here's why you know so what do you do in those in those kind of situations you know i've been on i've been on jury, grand juries before where where the criteria was set out and all the rules were set out and then the facilitator <laughs> promptly violated the rules <laughs> and then told me to shut the fuck up but oh, I nice. <laughs> I'm like all right I'm thinking on the legal system you mean pardon me 
grand jury in in the states means legal system. It's I did I did, I did I didn't actually say grand jury. I did jury. Grant, it was for uh, it was for uh, national arts Grant. grants. Yeah, gotcha. music grant national music grants. Yeah, and they being on four juries, uh, three GFA and one at uh, one of the uh, ones in uh, uh, Toronto, um, and uh, one in Toronto was a very large jury. Narciso uh, Yepes was there, uh, and he had a secret way of scoring all by himself. <laughs> uh, but except for that one. Uh, the uh, the surprise uh, was that there was the the, the the jury was almost unanimous as who was number one. Uh, it, Interesting. Uh, I've never had any, um, and you're not supposed to intermingle. What do you think of this guy? Uh, right. Making your notes. Um, uh, I, I've never seen any, uh, any anybody dispute any of them. It usually came down sometimes second and third was uh, iffy, but uh, I don't remember anybody thinking huh. that uh, the person who got the uh, who was on that night didn't deserve the prize. And actually, that very often they all do. Um, can, we, can we disclose who that was or what year that was? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> understood. <laughs> uh, there was there was one that was. Um, Email me oh, later. Okay. <laughs> I can do that if I can remember which. Uh, the one in Milwaukee was was kind of dicey because. It was in competition with a uh, Toronto, and it was Alice's uh, thinking. She was uh, the chairman of the board that we needed to have a GFA festival, and it didn't really have the talent pool that uh, it, it really should have. So these people would come in, and they just did not have the stuff. And it was fortunate somewhere along the line. Those days were somebody long. who had really <laughs> So it was that. But uh, it was Peter Clementi who, who won, won the prize, who was a student of David Leisner. And uh, I don't know where he has gone, but uh, uh, he's he, in, he he's saved the day. He saved I, saw, I saw him in the guitar in the Toronto competition in 87. Yeah, he's, in, he's living in Worcester, uh, teaching, I think, at one of the colleges there. Uh, he, I studied with him for a year in uh, many, many years ago. See, it's a small oh, yeah. world. Yes, yeah, Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah, he's okay. that's where yeah, he's Worcester, from. Ohio too. So yeah, no, he's from Worcester, Mass, which is about an hour west of Boston, and uh, he's, I don't know if he's still playing, but I know he's working in music. So I remember the guy who was second was uh, he was very good too. He was Japanese, and he he played a very nice box set. Um, so it, it wound up being a, a, a valid competition. So uh, and the third place guy was okay, but there were some people who really should not have been there. And they, their nerves were, uh, hopefully they got a learning experience. Um, a afterwards suggested we should uh, have a, you know, afterwards uh, sort of a group meeting to, to, to like, a, like a lesson where they could come in and, and, and be critiqued. And I think uh, some of them found that uh, that very useful, and some of them didn't sh didn't show up. But there were some people who, who did not make it through the uh, the program. Their, their their nerves got to them. It's you know, it's a very uh, tough sport. 
I think you can always learn a lot, you know, from whether you win or, or whether you fail. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't fail, but that's, <laughs> my, well, that's my hope anyway. <laughs> I should know so much. <laughs> well, you know, I've I've submitted things to the Ohio Federation of Music Clubs, some comp compositions. Sometimes I win, sometimes I don't. But I always they always write down comments, and right. it's great. Yeah. I mean, I think well, the emotional crush when you don't get through a performance, really don't get through it the way you want to or up to your potential, it's very hard to learn from that because you feel very, very wounded for a long time after. And just, it's like a boxer getting knocked out, you know? Like it right. takes a long time to recover, recover your confidence, and to just be in a state where you can be a generous performer again after that, you know? It's, it's hard. Wait, so what, how, what's, your, what's, your, what's your idea on a solution for that, Andrew? Because I, I know for me... Well, for me, like it happened to me, it happened to me once, I guess. But get knocked down as much as you possibly can so it doesn't become... Yeah. It's no, it's no longer a crisis, right? <laughs> like, for, for me, for me, like it happened, it happened to me maybe once, maybe twice, like maybe 20 years ago. And what I started to do was talk talk to the audience and start trying to make jokes and make friends with the audience. Yeah. So they, so, so lay down this atmosphere where we were all kind of like family, you know? Yeah. And, and that really helped a lot. And the second thing that's helped me a lot is I played about 500 concerts in old age homes. Right. Of course. So yeah. that actually, that's in this no pressure environment where you can take a million chances and just yeah. get used to playing like an otter in the water kind of thing. And that really helped me recover from that kind of thing. For sure. Otter in the water. Try to butter up the jury as it go to work. Yeah, I, I just tried to increase my bribes. <laughs> Hi, Laura. Hi, hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Happy to be here. And congratulations on your first year of the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for being a guest. Actually, I think I think you're going to be, uh, don't quote me on this, but uh, I think I think you're going to be episode 53, maybe. So you'll 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 be the first one after the the oh. anniversary podcast. <laughs> so do you, do you know any of these people? Have you met any of any of these guys? No, I am meeting them for the first time. So nice to meet you all. A pleasure. Well, no, actually I know Aaron. There we <laughs> We've go. met in Boston. Yes. When I play for uh, F1 racer for Kitara project. And also I know all about his project, uh, uh, as a his project as a as a composer and as a performer, so yeah, I'm familiar. With are you him. are you back in California now, Laura? No, not yet. You still in uh, LA? Yeah. So this week I'm doing the concert in Spokane, and oh. I'm coming back to LA. Excellent. And and Aaron, you were just in California. Was that last yeah. week or? Yeah. No, that was a month, almost a month. No, it I wasn't. Was there, uh, <laughs> March 30th through the 12th. It's, like, it was insane. You know? <laughs> it was, it was a great way a to get back. Yeah. yeah, it was 25 events total, uh, seven concerts. Fantastic. Seven of those were concerts, lots of teaching. It was great to be on the road again. I mean, yeah. I, I, my first real meal was sitting uh, next to my car because I ran out of quarters in San Francisco. And I had these amazing Korean tacos Fantastic. and I, I had to stand up and eat in my car so I wouldn't get a ticket. And I felt like, oh, I'm back on the road again. This is great. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was great fun. Yeah. Thank you. And it, it, it didn't like from the frying pan into the fire, it seemed like, you know, that you, you did not ramp up. It was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but it was... <laughs> It was, I think, five concerts in four days, and then a bit awesome. of. I did a residency in Bakersfield, which is great. Jim Scully is 
someone everyone should get, you know, just a huge lover of guitar, which is great. Um, at CSU Bakersfield and then did some videos and I got to enjoy some warm weather. I mean, Southern California. Oh, it was wonderful. I, I took the train. I've never done Amtrak. Yeah. Southern California in April is gorgeous. So uh, it, yeah. it, it was well, really I'm going to have to cut out here. So uh, nice Peter, to, thank you. Thanks for being you. with us. Oh, and uh, Cheers. maybe we should have one of these groups again sometime. I, I I think I think we should. <laughs> There's another idea for the podcast, right? Like yeah. regular, regular group sessions, right? We'll call it guitar guitar <laughs> so on expensive than therapy. <laughs> so goodbye, everybody. Bye. Pleasure, Peter. Hey, Jared, where are you? I'm currently in Ohio, That's but uh, okay. I'm a UK. I'm I live near yeah. London. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay. Coincidentally, in town, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I was like, what? You, it should be really dark. And oh, yeah. I was like, why, what's going on here? So. That is obviously a hotel door. Little hotel. Yeah. Uh, a bit of art on the wall. Uh, inspiring. I wasn't going to comment. I was just going to leave it at that, you know. Yeah, yeah no, it's He's raining. Like his wife kicked him out. And he's down the road in a hotel. <laughs> Isn't that a Jimi Hendrix song? The Red, the Red House? Yeah. I got my guitar, you know, what else do I need? That's That's exactly what else do you need? I tell you, it's, it's funny because some of my best practice ever has been like when I'm out stranded in a hotel room without anything else to do. And, and I've, I've even, even gone, to, you know, pondered like, what if just one day a month or one weekend a month, I locked myself up in a hotel room to practice, you know, I haven't done it, but. <laughs> just turn off your phone. That's all you got to do. Oh. <laughs> I leave it in another room. If I'm really seriously practicing, it's in another room. I, I don't even, yeah. So I can't, because I can't resist. If it's if it's within arm's reach, like, oh, but wait, there's something might be on Facebook right now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Jim, how long have you been doing your radio show? 30 some years. Wow. Once a, once a week. Uh, wow. And it's it's just been a lot of fun. So how many CDs do you have? Uh, about 2,400 classical guitar CDs. Amazing. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. And, and you've listened to them all. I've asked I, you I, that. Yeah. I really have. And, uh, yeah, that's it's amazing. Really, it's very interesting. So cool. it's, but it's really, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I'm doing, a, I'm doing reviews for the American Record Guide now. Right. Nice. So when I... Yeah, when I when I do those, you know, I've listened to a lot of CDs, and so I'm hoping what I say is intelligent. <laughs> I like I'm what sure you write. Do you have a favorite John Cage guitar CD by chance? <laughs> I do. You know, my my radio show is is uh, is is for for listeners, uh, and generally the ones that support the station like. Something Standards. a little more melodic. Oh, oh, diplomatic of you. Oh. <laughs> I re they're very lyrical pieces. They just, you know, it's not 433 or an amplified cactus. I could do that, but <laughs> I wouldn't buy it either. But, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I want to transcribe the, the music for amplified cactus for, for guitar. <laughs> probably sound about the same. <laughs> Some, sometimes I feel like I'm playing an amplified cactus. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yeah, where you know are that. you, Andrew? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jim. That's fine. No, I was, I was just wondering where Andrew is. 
I'm I'm in, I'm in I'm not in Ottawa right now. I have this country house in Quebec, right on the river. Fantastic. It's Sounds really nice. it's really cool. But it's about it's about like to get into the cities about uh, like a seventy minute commute kind of thing. Are, are they letting yeah. Americans cross the border yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll come visit you this. Summer. Yeah, you talked about that, eh? You take your take your bike and come up sometime. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm planning a, a motorcycle trip in July, and I haven't haven't agreed on the destination yet. But Quebec cool. by the river sounds fantastic right now. I was I've just been listening to Neil Peart. You know you know Neil Peart, the drummer in Rush. I've been yeah. listening to his audio book about when his he lost his wife and his daughter in yeah. the same year, and uh, he went on this big long bike ride to uh yeah. to try to uh to try to get better from it basically yeah. Yeah. he, he crossed like didn't he cross canada or something yeah like he that? went he went all the way across canada all the way into the north north all uh into the west and then he came into the u.s and uh and went all the way across there too wow that's amazing it's pretty Who's cool here, like, everybody yeah he's just covering <laughs> thousands of kilometers wow hi fred. fred hey everybody good to see you I, I, I'm sorry I'm late. Is there any food left or what's the deal? <laughs> Nothing? I'm on my second beer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hi, everybody. I don't hey. think I know anyone here. I, I know, we all know you, I think. Yeah. yeah. I know you. <laughs> well, then I know you all you, too. Okay? <laughs> We're all one. Your your repute is well served. So, uh, uh oh, <laughs> well, Carl, what what have you been saying? Oh, I, nothing, nothing at all, nothing at all. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I wanted to keep it a secret, you know, so that when you arrived, the, you know, your 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 arrival would be. Well, I thought I could just sneak in, but there is no such thing in Zoom, is there? I guess, I guess there isn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to put like F dot hand, and then we'd all be going. <laughs> yeah, nobody would know who that was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Need yeah. a pseudonym. <laughs> well, would you, yeah. I, you know, would you mind introducing yourselves? Because I actually would love to know who you all are. Brad, I'm Jim McCutcheon. We've, we've oh been my God, Jim, we yeah. know each other. You know, this is embarrassing. I'm so sorry. And well, I'm different on know. Zoom. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Well, thank you and so it's much. It's been probably 10 or 15 years since we, uh, since, we yeah. since we presented you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's great to see you. Great Good to, to see, see you. you. And thanks so much for the that show last week. It was lovely. Oh, your, uh, your new recording will be on future shows for certain. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Thank That's you. That's so lovely. And I, I guess I know everybody else, too. Like, I'm going to be embarrassed, like, however uh, <laughs> many times over. Yeah, we used to hang out for, like, 15 years. We used to have lunch every, every week. And, you, know. you don't remember me? What? <laughs> I used to run a house concert series, and people will still stop me in the street and be like, hey. And I'm like, no idea who they are. And they're like, I've been in your house. And I'm like, Ooh. Well, if you, you it makes you feel any better, try teaching for 50 years yeah, and yeah. having students stop you on the street 40 years later. <laughs> say, what, you don't remember me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what is your name? Uh, I'm Aaron Larger Kaplan. I'm a I'm Hi, a guitarist, uh -huh. uh, classical or n I don't know what for that we're using. Oh that no, term. here we go. <laughs> I won't go that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm up in Boston, and oh, uh, nice. that's that's me. So there Great. we go. Yeah. All right, all right. And uh, who else? I don't know how to. Point yeah, uh, you can use. 
Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, Gerard. If you scroll over, if you run your, the cursor oh, over, you might get some names come up. So I'm Gerard. I'm from the UK. I'm a composer, I like playing oh. Philip Glass and stuff like that on the guitar. And um, yeah, great to meet you. And Jared, right. have you played? Have you played the Cage stuff? Yeah, uh, I played I the piece. I, oh, I'm sorry, you talk. I, I thought you were talking to me because now that I'm here, I think everything is addressed to me. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> I did play the Philip, the John Cage, uh, the piece that's written for. I, I think it's a four minutes and something second. I played that. I transcribed that for the guitar. I'm playing it right now. Yes. I played it, but do you know what I was told? I played it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jared, Jared, my uh, arrangements are recorded on a UK label on stone oh. and if you play philip glass you should play i'm, I'm on an american label with philip glass oh, no. <laughs> oh that's that's all good international cooperation this is fantastic yeah. but they are published in uh, in a landscape and yeah. dream they're really dream i love dream yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's not that hard to put on guitar so, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you should more cage lyrical cage is wonderful go ahead okay andrew who are you uh, I'm Andrew. My name's Andrew Ma. Um, Hi, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? I'm. I, I play your arrangements like frequently. Like I, I those those, those Vivaldi you. ones. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I, the ones for banjo. I play them with violin most of the time. But uh, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, they're awesome. Man. Thanks for making those. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you like them. Yeah, they're really Did great. Did you say banjo? Yeah. These arrangements banjo. for banjo. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. open G tuning banjo. Well, uh, no, uh, no, no, regular. I'm not familiar with these. Oh, this is this is an outgrowth of um, when I, I I did uh, many many years ago uh, the title music for Kramer versus Kramer. Wow. And and uh, that was just mandolin and guitar, and that was a straight. I you know I, I, it was the mandolin concerto. It was just the mandolin part that Vivaldi wrote, and I just took the strings. It was very easy to do and adapted them for the guitar. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> after I did that. CBS Records called me up and they said, we'd like you to do a whole album of just that. And by just that, they didn't really know what they wanted, but you know, something <laughs> hip street musicians, cause street musicians were a big thing back then on, in New York city in the uh, late seventies. And so like banjo and saxophone and percussion and all. So I had to manufacture like a whole, uh, a whole thing. And uh, what's that? Jazz Antiqua. No, no, that was way, way before Jazz Antiqua, really. Okay. That was uh, an outgrowth of, of the music for Kramer versus Kramer. And uh, the banjoist was Eric Weisberg, who you're, prob you're all probably too young to know who he is, but he did the music uh, in Deliverance, that famous yeah. Uh, film. Oh, yeah. Band. That was Eric Weisberg, who's one of the all-time great uh, banjo players. Huh. Yeah. And that, is that the, the Baroque on, and on the Streets series? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Ah. I thought that I, by the way, I thought that I came up with that title because I remember I was in a marketing meeting and no one knew what to call the album. And I said, how about Baroque and on the Street? And I have been <laughs> under that delusion that I thought of that. And then in a meeting very similar to this, uh, you know, some guitar thing, uh, a friend of mine who was on the Zoom session said, you thought of it? No, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the thing about memory over the years. It becomes convenient. You you misremember, and, and very often you misremember to your benefit. And then oh, yeah. 
you say it often <laughs> enough, it's, it's the truth. It becomes the truth. <laughs> we all form our own realities, right? That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I'm an award-winning podcast host. <laughs> you are in my book. I'll send you a certificate. We can Thank you. We, we could all send you a certificate, I'm sure. That's right. I'll put them on the wall there next to Bartolotti. <laughs> Now, there's one more person here I haven't met. Brian. Um, Brian is here. Here we are. Oh, Laura. You haven't well, met Laura. Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi. Hello. And such a pleasure to meet you. Oh, my oh, God. Thank you. So mm -hmm. my name is Laura Mason, and I am from Cuba, classical guitarist. I came to the United States about seven years ago. Oh. And I do, well, I'm working now my first album, my debut album, and I am doing also concerts in the U.S., uh, also in Europe during the summer, and I am now studying, doing my doctoral degree at USC with Scott Tennant. Ah, great. Yes. That's fantastic. So, That's well, wonderful. Pleasure well, to meet you. It's a pleasure it's to meet you, too. Really, it's really. It's like time. talking to the legend, yeah. Ah! <laughs> That's so nice, Laura. I'm I'm blushing. <laughs> well, please say hello to Scott for me. I, I haven't seen Scott in a, in a few years, but the last time I saw him, he was playing with the uh, LAGQ, and boy, did they sound great. Yeah, they they are sounding awesome still. <laughs> they just released a new a new album, Op yes. Opalescence or something with Opal. Uh, and it's it's amazing. It's really it good. I will I will send him your greetings. <laughs> please do, please do. And I'm sorry, there's one more fellow here. Brian uh, just dropped in. Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi. Fred Hand. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to see you. That's nice great. Nice to see all of you too. Um, yeah, I'm Brian Kozak. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh -huh. um, Carl and I were in, went to grad school together, so we've known each other since the when was that, Carl? Ninety something, early nineties. Yeah, back in 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 the last century, sometime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna put you put this on your calendar now. We we're gonna play duets again. Okay. So that's awesome. Yeah, I was I've kind of been... thinking the same thing, actually, which is really wild. So I'm well, glad I, I have us a gig. I actually have us a gig. Oh, well, so... then we have to play. Yeah. So <laughs> and I, I was thinking we should do that one piece that we never did that we were preparing for the Now Festival that one time. Are you, you kidding that? me? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Good. <laughs> I remember preparing for a piece that was impossible to play. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't sound good either. Right, strike two. You're <laughs> um, you, you got me in a lot of trouble because of that. I must. Say. I know I did. I, I was. Uh, I was never asked to play that festival again. Yeah, it was. It was, I was, completely... I, I was so crestfallen about that experience. You know. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad I helped out. <laughs> we we played some. We have played some really nice stuff. So. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, we got a lot of opportunities. Yeah. I was I was thinking maybe you know, and I'll I'll just put that out here out there, and I'm not not stuck to it anyway. But uh, maybe maybe it's time to revisit that that Chopinian Segoviano piece, huh? Oh, the yeah, right. We did. That was cool. We, we played that a couple that, times. Yeah. What did we play that for? I think I remember performing at least twice. Did we do yeah. we do it up there in Cleveland at all? I don't remember. You know what we did? Maybe cool we piece. did, but I do. We did do it in uh, Columbus, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. But that, I, that part just I came, remember. That came to mind, but uh, I'm I'm open to suggestions. So, but so, 
fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good to see you. I'm. I have. I sorry I couldn't. Well. I'm glad I was able to drop by at all. So yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the, the Duanor guys were here earlier, and uh, Jeff Jeff Aquatra was was here. Ah, oh, yeah. So, yeah, you, you, he was he was in between juries at at, at his school. So it's finals week. <laughs> uh, next this coming week, it's for me is finals right. week starting Saturday. Really. Sure. So yeah, Peter Danner was here. Mind. What's that? Peter Danner was was here. Peter Danner. Ent- okay, entertaining yeah. as always. So yeah. yeah. Very good. I got to run, you guys. So anyway, nice to see everyone. Congratulations, Carl. Andrew, thank you so much. We'll Always super fun to talk soon. to you, right? Yeah, for man. sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back Take for care. another one sometime. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> Fred, I'd just like to say um, your story about Julian Bream on the podcast you did with Carl recently was brilliant about Fantastic. turning up and, and then like... What, 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 what <laughs> was that? Was that about the, the John Williams uh, recording? No, when when you sort of arranged to have the scholarship and go and study with him, and then oh yeah, you completely forgotten about it when you arrived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those stories. Life. It's one of those stories that you can laugh about now, yeah. but at but, the time, not so funny. What's the story? Tell me the story. Oh, I don't know the story. Very briefly, uh, you know, I uh, had applied for a Fulbright scholarship. I had already studied with uh, Julian Bream in Canada at one of his master classes, but I applied, applied for a Fulbright, but I didn't tell him right away because um, it goes in stages and I, I didn't want to bother him unless I knew that I was in a final stage, but then I was. And at this point, he had actually given me his phone number. We had seen each other a number of times and I called him. This was like in, in April for the fall, the coming fall term. And uh, he was like, oh, of, of course I would teach you. Like, why like why are you even calling? Which is, I thought it was appropriate to call, you know? <laughs> and I said, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So, oh, this is incredible, blah, blah, blah. And then I did get the Fulbright. And then they kept contacting him, which, you know, he doesn't open any of his mail. I didn't mention that. So uh, if you walk into his place, you see mail stacked up. <laughs> So anyway. to see if anything's in it, right? Any money yeah, right, right. I guess. <laughs> I guess. So not to uh, over-dramatize the seriousness of this, but I left my position at the University of Connecticut. I just left. Okay. I, I retired from there. And I gave up my New York City apartment. And I told the entire guitar community I was going to study with Julian Bream, you know. And I had also just gotten married. So literally days before. So I arrived in London. And I was, so there was a two-day orientation in London, and I called uh, Julian Bream from London, and he said, well, hello, Fred, how are you? What brings you to London? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, I can't express how, first of all, I completely sweated through all my clothes. And and then, you know, he, he's, he was very, uh, subsequently very, very sweet, but he was like, he had completely forgotten, and he said, but, but I, don't, I don't teach, you know? And I'm thinking, hmm, but you know, I did call you and we discussed this. And he's and he remembered the phone call, but he said, I thought I thought you said you were studying in France. So I said, Well, well, who would I have studied with in France? And and that this irritated him, and he said, I don't know. <laughs> so at this point, I, I just felt like horrify and he said well uh, you know uh, i'm making a recording right now pop pop by my place in the country <laughs> next week and and we'll we'll have a chat 
And, uh, and so that's what happened. So I, I went to his uh, house in Dorset and um, he explained that he was touring all the time, but he could see me every three weeks or so. And I said, that's absolutely fine. And then after that, you know, uh, he was very, very generous with his time and, and uh, it was really wonderful. But I, I always, like, I was always like a little like, whoa. <laughs> Sort of like uh, when you, if you, uh, an animal, you know, something happens in this, uh, the animal's like, uh, he's just freaked out forever, you know. <laughs> I, ma- I imagine that feeling in the pit of your stomach, you still can feel that today. Oh, I can. I can. I'm reliving it right now. But it, it became one of those stories. It's, a, it's, it's a, an incredible story. So I, I would tell it often. But uh, I would, I noticed I was never enjoying it as much as the other people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fred. Oh, sure. Yeah. He was, you know, he he was uh, quite mercurial and um, just no one like him. But but that was not untypical of what, you know. At one time, I, I remember showing up for a lesson, and I was at, this is in his London place, and uh, there was no overhang. It was like a brownstone. There was no overhang, and it was pouring rain, and he showed up over an hour late. Oh my by this time, all of the my guitar cases, those those old wooden cases with the, I don't know what the paper is, it, it all the paper had all come off from the rain, and I was like, oh look gosh. like a drowned rat, and he said, "Am I late?" <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Did he have an umbrella? No, by that time it had stopped raining, but he was very excited because he had under his arm, I mean, it was huge, the windshield to uh, an M, uh, what is the little sports car? MG. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He was very excited. He had just found this uh, windshield used and uh, that's all he talked about. <laughs> he didn't seem to notice that I was soaking wet. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So Brian, what have you been up to? Has how is uh, being a guest on the Guitar Mini podcast changed your life? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, it was a blast, as I, as we discussed. Um, and uh, honestly, I'll tell you what kind of was interesting. I had a few people who who um, actually mentioned it to me that they enjoyed the the podcast, they enjoyed listening to it, and a number of people who obviously i think we're slightly jealous isn't that kind of weird they were wow. they were like there was some professional jealousy in there my isn't that goodness wild? i will this is I the will guitar world. Them too and i'll ask them all about it <laughs> right so, you know so, you're yeah. doing well when you get so that was good jealousy. right send me an email tell me who those people were <laughs> <laughs> The That's list fantastic. just got longer and longer. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I was I was at Doug James thing in in Boone uh, last month, and I had two people separately. You know, I was only there for twenty four hours. I, I literally arrived on the campus at two thirty on Saturday and departed the campus two thirty on Sunday. And and during that time, I had two separate people, completely unrelated, recognize my voice. Wow. Wow. From the podcast, wow. it was hilarious. <laughs> there's my there's my moment of fame right there. <laughs> Isn't that wow. the famous the famous line of "You have the perfect face for radio"? There we go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, perfect <laughs> face for podcasting. That's it. And um, and uh, probably similar to 
to uh, look, Jeff Laquatra, if anyone here needs some dirt on Carl, <laughs> you're in Brian, college. Stop. Together. You know I have no money. You know I cannot. <laughs> make, I can't make those payments. <laughs> this is this is true. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it goes. We were, we were young. We were young men. <laughs> You know, this, this uh, young and new party is a perfect example of what it's like to be on your show, Carl, because it's very, it's very much in that spirit, you know. That is, that, that's the whole idea. And, and, you know, we, we discussed right. that earlier today and, 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 you know, one of the questions that came up was, you know, what's, what, what does the future have in store for the, the podcast? And, and, you know, I, I like the format a lot. I think it's, it's, it's worked out. It's, it was just kind of this strange brainstorming accident and I thought yeah, let's go with it and it's been really cool and, and a lot of people have have remarked you know listeners as well as guests that like there's something refreshing about it you know that there's mm -hmm. there's not a big agenda and it's like hey let's just let's just have a have a chat you know and people have been great people have been really really wonderful so I think I think with just there's been a couple that, are, that it kind of felt like oh there's too much dead air or um what am I going to ask this person now you know but but the vast majority of them have just been really flow, easy, like, you know, interesting, great, you know, it's been fantastic. You did a great well, editing job on on you. It really is. <laughs> who, who did I edit? But but not because of data, because we kept crashing. Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I, I, yeah, yeah, that would stay. Yeah, most most of the episodes actually have have been have been unedited like in their entirety completely as as it came i've had i've had some issues with dogs barking on my end and i've been able to yes. cut some of that out <laughs> but you know i i kind of think that's fun too like it, there's there's a, an air of reality about it you know as long as it's not too disruptive hopefully um but yeah there was um i i wanted to, to kind of joke with with uh with chris and, and and thomas about this too because there was there, there was a there was a, a Ben Verdery comment that that had to be removed um, <laughs> from from that episode, <laughs> wow. and then and then Robert Thompson, who was who was I think he he his his episode went live yesterday, uh, although I told the world that Laura's was to go live yesterday. There was a there was a, a bit of a, a mistake in the communication uh, network that we have running here, but um, he he had said some stuff. <laughs> That, that had to be removed as, wow. as well from about one of his former employers and, <laughs> and he called me back he's like I would really prefer if we don't use that <laughs> so but I, I, other than that I don't I don't know that there's been been any other Stanley Yates was very concerned that he had he had let something slip and he he he, he was the only guest that wanted to hear the final cut before it went to air um, and I don't know what he thought he had said, but like, like you, Brian, he probably, uh, he probably could, if I ever get rich, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to like make a list of people that I'm paying monthly. I think <laughs> he's got photographic evidence too. It's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you run for office. Oh yeah, I, I should, but I'm not going to oh, okay. <laughs> be precisely, precisely because of these things. <laughs> no, 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 you should. You should. They they make cleaners. I understand. They make, they make people that take, can take care of these things for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So w w another one of the ideas that that, that uh, has come up and and uh, I've I've floated is is this idea of like having five questions to ask every guest, 
And, you know, should it be the same five questions for every guest or should I come up with five questions for each individual guest? You know, that, that, that kind of thing. I don't know. As long as there's no pressure to actually answer all five questions. Well, I, I would like to come up with five questions that would be answerable in such a way that, that it would be really open-ended, you know, like, and, and just kind of creative and bizarre and, <laughs> you know, just to kind of like get a, get a, get a glimpse into somebody's inner workings and their personality more than anything else, you know? Yeah. Do, where are your listeners most? Do you know? You know, I, I, I get these, um, statistics from, a, 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 a service called Chartable. And, and it tells me what my rankings are around the world. And I've been as high as the 86th most popular podcast in the Czech Republic um, for, for, for performing arts. Um, I was actually showing up in Australia for a little while. You know, it seems very random. It seems really, really strange. And then the, the podcast hosting service that I use, I can go in and look at the statistics there. Vast majority, of course, are in the United States. Um, and they don't break it down by, by state. But it's it's been worldwide. It's it's like really, you know, pretty pretty much everywhere, which has cool. been kind of cool. There was for a while there was there was a lot of activity from Yemen. <laughs> like I was, I had a lot of listeners in Yemen, and I thought, what the hell is going on there? What is that? Wow. You know, and maybe it was somebody using a, a VPN or something that was routing through looking like they were in Yemen because they were someplace that when I go to Yemen, I put on podcasts just there we to go. That was mess it. with the average. <laughs> and, and then the other thing was there was this spike. Um, the numbers have been pretty consistent in terms of listenership over time. Right. And, and if I look at the statistics, when, when an episode has been on long enough, the numbers pretty much, you know, they, they fall within a, a certain range. And then the week, that, that Ron Pearl's episode went on, there was this huge spike for like five weeks. And, and it went from, you know, having 140, 150 people to like 700 or 800 people. Like in, in the course, of the, and, and, it, and it lasted for like five weeks and then it dropped back off again. And I who have is, no who, idea. Who is the person, the last one of those five, then you got to blame them. <laughs> Yes, that's it. <laughs> well, actually, I think it's, that was it's me. Fun. That was me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure who it was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Brian, yours was one of those. You got like 700 some. It was yeah, crazy. I remember you mentioned something about that. That's yeah, funny. It, it, funny. It was, and I have no idea why. I have no idea, like, where, who, where, how that happened, where it got picked up, what, what was happening, and why it stopped. You know, like, yeah. it was, it's, very, it's very strange. So, but all of this stuff is kind of strange to me anyway. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm old and, and, you know, trying to, trying to, to navigate my way in the, in the digital landscape. You're so. not on Twitch yet recording your practicing. Not yet. Not yet. I'm looking I have a couple that. students who've tried to get me to do it. And I'm just like, really one more thing. It's just. Laura, are you doing that? No, I am not. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> not on Twitch. I, I think, I'm on I think TikTok, you, but you I and Gohar TikTok. are the two guests that I've had who are really killing it in that world with, with, with all the. You know, no, all the, 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 so the digital stuff. Well, I have so. to say goodbye now, but I have to say it was a great pleasure to be part of this bash today and to get to meet you all. And thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. And I Absolutely. wish you great success. Keep on doing what you're doing because it's great. And it's another space for us guitarists to just talk about yeah. what we love. 
So see you. Well, thanks for being a part, and thanks for dropping in today. Good to see you again. Good luck. Bye bye. Yeah. So I must go too. Actually, I have another appointment, but I'm glad I got to stop by. Oh, it's four o'clock already. Again. The time flies, Tempest Fusion. Yeah. I think we should, well, let's wrap it all up because I got to go too. <laughs> thank Thanks you guys all so much for, for, really for cool. being here today. And, and, and thank yeah. you so much for being a guest. And, and I think pretty much everybody that I've had, I need to get back on to just catch up and, and find out what, what's transpired in the time since, since we last talked. And I'll, I'll be in touch. And uh, yeah. Thanks for everything, good. everybody. Thank you. Great to meet, Great to meet everyone. everybody. Nice to Cheers. Bye-bye. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. <laughs>